right now, time to welcome Mary Holman. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jesse. Nice to see you. Thank you. Um, shall I start with a, with an email that I received? Yeah, look, that, before we even do that, yeah. maybe we should just say, especially if people are listening on the podcast or yeah. something, and hoping we're going to talk about kids and KiwiSaver, that was actually a miscommunication between you and me. Um, well, it wasn't and, a miscommunication. Well, it was it was something like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you did you did your part right, Mary. You sent me notes saying exactly what you were going to talk about, and I misread them. And well, that look, you're yeah. very humble. Um, so so why don't we say that <laughs> next time we'll do kids and Kiwi say because it's a good topic. Yeah. Okay. So if people come back for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, instead, your topic today is. Well, a couple of things. The main thing I want to focus on is the what you were promoting, which is that KiwiSaver um, funds just about the whole lot have turned around mm-hmm. in the last in the th- first three months of this year, and then briefly about KiwiSaver help for new parents. It's not for the, their kids; it's for the parents. Yeah, we'll just touch you can on see that where I went end. wrong, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I got this email from John today. Question for Mary. Regarding KiwiSaver, I'm still a bit sceptical as to whether it's a good investment. Pre-COVID, I had $91,000 in my KiwiSaver account. Today, I have $93,000. Well, that's all good, you might say. But I've contributed $15,000 in the intervening period, so effectively, I'm still at minus 14%. Meanwhile, inflation is chewing into the buying power of our savings at 6% per yeah. annum. <laughs> a fair enough point about the inflation, although we're being promised that that's going to come down. Um, <laughs> but uh, and, and I think it certainly will go from where it is now. Mm-hmm. But um, the the promo that you were that I sent you, uh, that all the KiwiSaver funds except a few tiny little ones that hardly anybody's in, they're sort of specialist funds, all of the others went the up, the the investments were positive, the returns were positive in January, February, March this year, the first quarter of this year. This is data from a company called Morningstar, which puts out a report every three months mm-hmm. on, on how all the funds are doing. And I, it seems to me people like your correspondent, yes, he, I think it was a man, he's still behind on um, where he was Oh no, he's, he's a tiny bit ahead, isn't he? But no, but not when you look at the contributions. Mm. That's right. And look, I'm all I'm saying is, it's been a bad couple of years. It's been, I would say, the worst years in the history of KiwiSaver. Although possibly at the very beginning, the global financial crisis That's happened right. at the very yeah. beginning. But ever since then, it's never been as bad as it was lately, and it has been a nasty couple of years. And all I'm saying is that things have turned around. It doesn't mean that people have yet recovered from where they were mm-hmm. pre-COVID. That, that'll take a while. And I'm also not saying that nece- we're necessarily on the upper and upper and that'll keep growing. All I'm saying is, hey, look, it did in the last quarter. And um, But, Jesse, I think this partly, people don't seem to take that on board nearly as much as when the funds go down. They notice that more than they notice when the funds come up. And you could say that as just a sort of, negativity, but I think what it really is, a lot of research shows that people hate making losses in investment more than they love making gains. <laughs> you know, there's a lot yeah. a lot to show that. Yeah. And, and I think that's, and, and also, you know, quite a lot of people are a bit kind of nervous in KiwiSave. They, they might be in a middle risk or even a higher risk fund and they're not used to that sort of investing and they just don't understand 
fully, even though people keep telling them, the experts keep telling them it will go down at times. Mm. You've just got to hang about. One other final point about that letter is people often overlook the fact that some of the money in, in an employee's case, more than half the money is coming in from their employer and the government and in, in most cases. And even for those who aren't employees, you're still getting money coming in from the government as well. And that's what makes KiwiSaver so good. Mm. So if you're just looking at the total money that's gone in, then maybe it isn't so dramatic. It's just an ordinary investment then, mm. really, actually. But because you're getting supplements in from other people, right? that's what makes it hard to be. Yeah, like yeah. how much of that? Mm. $15,000 that he's contributed was yes. just straight out of his back pocket. Or whether it was, sure. we, don't, yeah. we don't know. But um, in in every case, he will be, have got, got some government money in mm. as well. And if he's an employee and not in one of those unusual total remuneration schemes, he will have got employer money as well. Sounds so, like the worst thing he um, could do is take his money out now. Be awful. Yeah, hang about. What's his name? John? Was it? John, yeah. Yeah, hang, hang in there, John. Um, or or so, you make your losses real. Yes, yes, that's right. If you, if you take your money out now, then yeah, they are real losses. At the moment, they're not losses. They're just a downturn. Just a downturn. Um, so, so yeah, the, the, it was quite a remarkable quarter. And I don't know that I've ever seen that before where every KiwiSaver fund of any size at all made again over the quarter. Um, the When you look at, for example, the whole of the year ending March 30th, as opposed to just the three months ending March 30th, just about every fund was negative. So they had quite a remarkable turnaround at the beginning of this year. It's, um, and, and interestingly too, when you look at the range of returns for, for that th- three months, they range from an average return for conservative funds of 2.9%, that's an annual rate, mm. to, for the highest risk ones, 5.6%. So quite a big range with, you know, the lower risk ones bringing in lower returns and the higher risk ones bringing in higher returns, which is what we expect on average. I have to just repeat here because I don't know whether I made it clear enough. I'm not saying that will continue. <clears throat> that might not be going on right now. I don't know. We, mm. d- we don't get the results for till later. No, it's been um, a couple, tough couple of days for share markets is that uh, uh, the US um, government sort of standoff yes. continues. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And, and, you know, in New Zealand, the things are a bit sort of rocky. So... Um, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. this this quarter or next quarter or anything else. But we've had, we certainly had a remarkable three months. More important though to look at the 10-year data, which is when I get these Morningstar reports, I always go straight to the 10-year data, mm-hmm. which is the longest term they've got. If they had 30-year data, I'd, I would prefer that. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> when you look at the 10-year data, uh, the averages, it's really clear, the Average and they're pretty high averages for a conservative KiwiSaver fund over ten years. They've earned four point one percent a year, which is pretty good for a conservative mm. investment. When you think that was largely through a period where bank accounts were paying us like one percent if we were lucky, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then the next level up, moderate was four point four, balance was six point four, growth was eight point oh, and aggressive was eight point four. So clear ladder of. Of higher returns. Exactly where you'd expect them all to be. Yes. Over the long term, the higher the risk you took, 
the higher the return. 8.4 over 10 years average is fantastic. Um, you wouldn't, these are after fees too, by the way, mm. the, before tax but after fees. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you wouldn't really expect necessarily as high as 4.1 on conservative to continue or 8.4 on aggressive to continue. They're, they're higher than historically we would expect but they're fantastic. So people who've been in there, John or anyone else who's been in KiwiSaver over the years, even before, you look at the fact that some of the money's coming in from the government and in many cases the employer, even before that, it's been a darn good investment over the over the 10-year yeah. period. Yeah. So I, I was just having a look actually at 4.1 for a conservative versus 8.4 for an aggressive, just to show people... The difference that makes over, especially over mm. a long period, over 40 years, which, you know, a young one getting into KiwiSaver could well have 40 years in there, you can end up with about three times as much if you are in aggressive versus if you are in conservative, three times as much. So picture retiring with 200,000 or retiring with 600,000. That's mm. the kind of difference that if you, if you have the courage to go into the higher risk ones, and stick with them, um, unless you're taking money out to buy a first home, in which case, as you get close to that time, better to moderate your risk before you're withdrawing. But apart from that, if you're in there for the long haul and stick with it and go in the higher risk, you can make you know, seriously good retirement savings money. Great. Yeah. Um, next point, just looking at the start, because I always play around with it a bit, um, are the best funds that have done are the funds that have done best just lately been the ones that have done best over the long term? Oh yeah. And um, in conservative funds, it tends they're not as volatile. Uh, yeah, they're not nearly as volatile, and and so they tend. There's a tendency for the ones that have done well in the short term to also be the ones that have done well in the long term. But when you look beyond conservative. In the moderate funds, okay, what I did is I had a look at all the KiwiSaver funds that we've got at least 10 years of data on. So we're not including newer funds, just the longer-term ones here. Um, the one in moderate funds, that's the second risk level up, the Morningstar's risks categories, um, the one that came fifth, there were 11 funds that had been in there for the whole 10 years. The one that came fifth out of 11 over the short term was actually the top performer over 10 years. And so if you said, oh, I don't like the look of how this one's doing lately, um, I suggest you have a look over the longer period. And when I looked at balanced growth and aggressive funds, it was really weird. The one that had done the worst out of, out of all the ones that have been in for 10 years or more, the one that had done the worst in the three months was the top performer over 10 years, which is <coughs> Hard to know strange. what to make of that, except yes. that it does support what you've said before, which is that you maybe shouldn't try and pick winners with funds. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I worry. I mean, when... There's no data uh, you can look at, as far as you can see, that will tell you how a fund is going to do in the future. No, you, that's exactly right. Mm. Yeah, and, and looking at, and especially looking at recent returns, I mean, usually it's not that extreme. Usually they're all over the place. The ones that have done well lately might be good long-termers or bad long-termers. But um, I do need to say here too that I'm not even saying go for the ones that have done well over no. 10 years because 
there's well there's a, there was some really good American research that showed that the share funds, which is basically the higher risk funds like this, that had done well over a whole decade were performed really badly over the following decade. They were really they were all in the bottom mm. quarter and um yeah, and, and that happens over and over again. So I'm not saying even look at the ten year performance, but it is it is more helpful than looking in the short term. What I'm really saying is don't take much notice of performance actually, which is why I keep just saying go for low fees. Mm. But while we're we're looking at performance an extreme example, the best performing KiwiSaver fund in that quarter performed got a seventy three percent return in one quarter. And it was a brand new fund put out by a company called Kura, K-O-U-R-A, Carbon Neutral Cryptocurrency Fund. So it's, and and the people who put it together, the guy who runs Kura, he's not stupid at all. He said he's decided to put a cryptocurrency fund in there just really for people who, who might want to put a little bit of their money in it and um, or, or dabble in it. You know, they're wanting to play. He's not suggesting people put their retirement savings in a crypto fund. Any fund that's going to give you 73% return is um, is got to be very risky and will sometimes make big losses. But it's, yeah. just, it's just an interesting one. I, I, it's yeah. ringing a bell. I, I thought I might have interviewed the people from Coda, but um, yeah, uh, it's. I think it's connected to an iwi um, organisation. Could have that wrong. I'm not. I'm not sure it is. Oh, okay. But um, but they yes, they're an adventurous new KiwiSaver provider. Right. Yeah, and they were so, like people want crypto, so we're going to give them yeah. this little fund. Yeah, yeah. To, Please don't put all your money into yes, it. <laughs> yes, that's the sort of attitude. Yeah. To it. But and and they've had an astonishing performance just lately. Um, but anyway, I just wanted before I get off this topic to um, quote from Morningstar, which is the source of all this data. They say at the very top of their of their results, please note past performance is not a guide to future. This year's best performers can easily be next year's worst. So they themselves are not saying, "Hey, use our data to." to choose your fund. Good. Um, and they say fees are the one constant that will always eat away at your returns. Take a close look at the cost of your KiwiSaver scheme. So um, <clears throat> so just to make, because I'm a bit worried some people will get the wrong messages from what I've just said, mm. there's really four main points. One is hang in there. If, if your fund hasn't been doing well, it's quite likely it will do well in the future and keep contributing. Um, don't forget when the markets are down, if you could keep contributing, you're actually buying bargains. The unit prices in the fund are cheap at the time. Um, the second point is I'm not predicting future returns. Uh, don't know what, what what's going to happen next quarter. Um, the third one is higher risk is higher average return. It just comes through clear as a bell in, in the data, data how that how that happens. And never judge a fund by its short-term performance. Don't even necessarily follow it closely, actually. I mean, I'm not that keen on um, people checking out the Morningstar data all the time. It, it's it's better to just 
get in there, stay in there, and glance at it once a year when you get your annual performance report from the from the provider is is the best way to do it. Okay. Um, Just picking up that one fund that uh, Mary singled out there. If you're interested in, yeah. in finding out more of their story, they're not Ely connected at all. My apologies, uh, but there was a story on them last year on RNZ about that fund they launched. There's a maximum you can only put ten percent of your money in that fund. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So they've specifically said that. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay, quick word on KiwiSaver help yeah. for new parents. Look, this was in the budget. Yeah, and, it's great. And I just sort of stumbled upon it and thought, God, I don't think I've heard anything about this. Mm. And it's 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 not a big deal, but it will be for a few people. And you, you've budget, mentioned it before. I, I'm sure we've talked about this before as an idea. Yes, 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 that's right. It was it, uh, The uh, Retirement Commission has, has been sort of pushing mm. for something like this to happen. So what is going to happen, it, unfortunately it doesn't start till 1st of July next year, but for people getting paid parental leave, the government's going to act like an employer and put in 3% of your... Leave, paid parental leave payments if you also put in 3%. So mm-hmm. they're sort of stepping in to the role of an employer, yeah. which makes it that much more rewarding. Pe- people are also going to, of course, get the ordinary government contribution. So this is the government being like an employer yeah. to these people. And I think when it came up, we're... Whoever's idea it was, they were saying, hey, why don't employers just do this? Yes. Why don't they just keep making contributions yep. on behalf of their employees when they're on maternity leave? It wouldn't cost them much and it would be a way of closing yes. up the um, the gender gap and retirement yeah. and that sort of thing. Yes, I, I think you're right. But this was, is a version of that. This yeah. is, yes, where the government's saying, okay, we'll be the employer. Mm-hmm. And come to think of it, just what you're saying makes me wonder, yeah. if your ordinary employer does it as well, I suppose you'll get both. Uh-huh. Um, I, I suppose I don't know. Mm, don't okay. no, not sure about that. Um, the idea is yes, because women usually retire with smaller savings, and it's usually women, not always, who are on the paid parental leave, and so it's just a way of encouraging them to continue. It's not going to be big bickies because you know three percent of the paid parental leave is not a lot of money, but it it. It keeps the momentum going. I think that's part of it. So if you're on the leave, you're still seeing your money going Mm. in and government money going in, and it might encourage you to, if you're actually going to take, I think that the leave lasts for 26 weeks, and if you're going to take longer than that out of the workforce, which a lot of people do, then it might encourage you to keep contributing yourself after the government's contributions have stopped. Just because we just want people continuing to put their money in mm. and keeping it growing. A couple yeah. of funny texts in here. Hey, if we'll need to be focusing on long-term returns, why does RNZ give us daily info on the share market? <laughs> Look, that, I often wonder that. <laughs> yes. yeah. um, and I won't get you to answer this now, Mary, but someone's asked, um, Bruce says, um, why wouldn't I put, all, I'm retired, why wouldn't I put all my funds in a term deposit at the bank? Good rates at the moment. I'll just note, Bruce, we actually covered that topic sort of a few uh, a few sessions ago. Yeah, really, and the, yes. How attractive term deposits are at the moment compared to KiwiSaver and yes. how to make the choice which one of those ones you're going to go yeah. with. Yeah. Yes, look, we we could get back to that. And, I mean, the very short answer is that it's not a bad idea to have your money in in term deposits at the moment. But if I were... 
retired, uh, over 65, so you can be moving your money in and out, and in KiwiSaver, I wouldn't be pulling it out of KiwiSaver to put in term deposits because if you're trying to do that, trying to time markets and then move it back in again right. after a while, people always get that wrong. Okay. It's not a good idea. Yeah. Thank you. Great session. Pleasure, Mary Holm, our personal finance experts.